Welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we will explore the local arts culture and community in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll discuss all types of mediums with the goal of enriching local arts culture. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Ben, and this week we have local artist Abraham Darlington. Abraham Darlington is originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has always had an interest in art, especially tattoo art, but it was not until he developed a shoulder injury that he began to pursue his artistic interests. Abraham has no formal art training except for taking a small number of courses at the Bond School of Art at a young age. Everything he creates has been through hard work, experimentation, imagination, and the sounds of rock music. Abraham's work does not follow a specific style or school of thought when he creates. He enjoys all styles and mediums, but has a proclivity for street, graffiti, abstract, minimalist, and cubist art. His paintings are typically created spontaneously and quickly, being completed within a sitting or two. He uses all types of tools, including brushes, palette knives, spatulas, combs, sponges, spray paints, stencils, and even his own hands. Abraham, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I've been super excited to have you on. I saw your work online. Uh, I think I first found you through Facebook. Yeah, that's usually how it works. (laughs) And then you sent a message to the podcast account. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, I can't remember who it was, but I saw um, one of the. I think well, there was another local artist you were interviewing. Yeah, and they they did this podcast through Steel Pixel Studio. So I'm like, hmm, they do stuff for local artists. I got to contact them. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll like like my work or something like yeah, that. Totally. And then just sort of went from there. Totally. One of the things that I love is when artists coin a term. And I think you've done that pretty well. The first time that I saw your work, it was on Facebook, and you had Punk Metal Abstract. Yep, yep, and that's that, it. Oh, that's great. And your website's the same name, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's just punkmetalabstract.com. Uh, as we were saying, the nice thing is when you have that original term, you don't have, you know, underscore 2361151. Totally. I was actually <laughs> able to find a domain name totally. that uh, makes sense with, you know, what it is I paint. Yeah, yeah, totally. Tell me a little bit about punk metal. I've always been a fan of like classic rock. Yeah. Uh, I've a huge fan of think you know your old school Aerosmith, uh, like Walk This Way from the '75 album Toys totally. in the Attic. Uh, let's see here, Led Zeppelin. Um, let me think. Uh, the Sex Pistols, The Clash, uh, The Ramones, Motley Crue, uh, Rat. Uh, I've loved that over-the-top abrasive sound. Sure. And and the look is even more extreme. You know, you think of the big hair and the teased hair, uh, the teased hair, and you know, like the, you know, the the spandex and the leather pants and everything oh, yeah. else. Uh, and when I I first started painting. I, I I had no idea what I was doing. Like none. Uh, I just picked up a, like a cheap kit at walmart i think it was five dollars for everything and it had like paper and you know oil (laughs) pastels and everything else and it it wasn't until the song 
eruption came on or the the famous guitar solo by Eddie Van Halen yeah that I heard it and I just heard that kamikaze style playing for sure uh you know that that Eddie was known for and I uh when I did that I just started throwing paint on the canvas I started using these incredibly bright colors uh I think it was like a like a bright purple and a yellow with like a, you know, like a jet black and a white. Yeah. And it was the most fun I'd had in years. (laughs) And there was something about that spontaneous creation that Mm. just made me say, this feels good. I like this. Totally. And as I, I went with it, it, you know, I noticed my paintings were often inspired or driven by the aggressive riffs, sure. the the very uh, you know fast rhythms and the sort of that rawness yeah. of of those seventies and eighties bands for sure. And I, when I think about it, you know, so much of my painting style is reminiscent of that. It might seem sort of like an odd analogy but if maybe if you think of like traditional artists who maybe they're landscape artists sure and they've been to four years of art school if you maybe think of them as like classic musicians like mozart then that makes me the steven tyler of the art world sure uh, because it's it's very non-traditional and yeah. it has it captures the way I paint is just, I think it captures that same rebellious spirit that sort of that angsty, get it out and go with it flow. And it has that over the topness that you see with, you know, punk rock and heavy metal. And that's where the term punk metal really sort of came from. That's awesome. Uh, Because I, I tried to, you know, figure out it's like hmm am i a realist am i an abstractionist and you know you got all these different art terms and i'm like you know what punk metal that's it that is those two (laughs) words describe yeah uh you know it's like music on canvas for sure in so many ways what does that look like when it comes to your your process? Are you are you one that typically works on pieces very quickly, or are you one that usually takes a while conceptualizing and, and working on this piece? Oh, very quickly. Yeah. Like when you think of uh, another reason I sort of went with with punk metal is um, if I if I understand correctly, a lot of the best music albums like van halen's first album in 97 1978 they're cut quickly Jimi hendrix's uh album was made in like i think it was like a couple days uh black sabbath cut their album in a couple days some of those very groundbreaking original albums were raw and they were created like that you know, with no questions asked. And with a lot of my work, it's that way. Like, I don't plan anything out. Um, I don't do uh, pre-sketches. It's just in the moment. And it's it, it's impulsive in many ways. You know, it's, I don't question, should I put this here or that there? Or do these colors work together? It's, yeah. if it feels good and I like it, 
I do it. Totally. That's simple. Yeah. One of the things that we we oftentimes cover on the show is art education and what that mm-hmm. means to the individual. Now, you shared with me before that you are not classically trained Correct. In, as an artist, but that you, you really have used this this inspiration of um, of punk metal mm-hmm. and, and, and hair metal and like all this late 70s, early 80s music as, as a jumping off point to get into this. Right? Yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about your your visual artist inspirations. You know, I think, you know, art school is a wonderful thing. Sure. I think the, I, I enjoy looking at realism. You know, when I walk into an art gallery and I see some of these oil paintings, of whether it's a landscape or it's a, you know, like a figurative painting, it looks, these artists are phenomenal and they create beautiful works. And it's, despite me, uh, you know, liking to look at them. I never really enjoyed painting mm. them. Uh, so I, I admire realism, but I just very often don't have the, the joy of the, the process of sure. making. So, sure. um, you know, when I paint, I, I, I don't f- approach it in an academic way. Sure. I don't, you know, I don't tell myself, all right, according to the rules of design or X, Y, and Z, it should look like this or should look like that. Sure. Or, you know, I will do things that I guess are sort of no-nos. So yeah. if, if I understand um, some rules, like I, I've been told you never want to put the subject or like a focal point right in the center mm. of a canvas. For me, even if you look at this one, clearly you can see it's close to the center. Yeah. Um, or I've been told, some people are like, you know what, don't use black whenever you create a shadow. Mm. Uh, but I like to do just that. So, uh, you know, with... When it comes to my education, it's much more about experimentation mm. and being self-taught sure. as opposed to uh, maybe painting the way like a traditional totally. artist totally. might do. And that's why it comes off as so very different Yeah, and very, you know, but I think it also is what makes the art enjoyable. Is that you, you know, if you walk into a gallery and you see 20 paintings, the one that you're going to notice, whether you like it or whether you detest it, is probably going to be mine. Sure. Uh, Because it just, (laughs) it's, it's like you can't look away even if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I love your use of colors and it, it really does. It just pops right off the canvas and you work in a lot of different mediums. You yes. work in digital and painting and and all these different traditional isms of painting. Yeah. How does how does that tie into this rebellious spirit that you've kind of got going on with the rest of your work? It's my way of saying, you know, uh, of sort of rebelling against that idea of who are you as an artist? And mm-hmm. I think it, I've been told or have been encouraged by people to say, you know what? You, you, you work in all these different mediums, but if you want to be taken seriously as an artist, you need to focus it down and you need to mm. get a distinct, 
you know, sort of look or so that someone can say, that is a Darlington or sure. that's this. And sure. really, that's a sort of a notion I want to challenge because mm. I think my art is more representation of me as a person. Yeah. And not just me as an artist. And yeah. that's why, you know, I like working in these different mediums. Totally. Um, and even maybe kind of like a, uh, a brash teenager, when someone tells me, you know, if I hear someone say, ah, well, digital art is not really art, that makes me want to explore the digital <laughs> medium. Totally. Or if someone you know, looks at my painting and say, oh, that's awful. It, it almost encourages me to want to paint that sure, again. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I think, if anything, working in those different mediums and this different style, it's there's an attitude of the only rule is there are no rules. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you want to use this color, use this color. If you want to paint with a paintbrush, use a brush. Sometimes I'll use credit cards. I'll use butcher knives. I will use uh, scrap wood from my wood shop. I yeah. will use my hands sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I will use whatever I want to. And in, you know, in some ways, it's that I don't care about the rules attitude. Totally. That just carries over into the work, into the process, into everything. Yeah. How do you know a piece is finished? When I'm happy. Uh, because when I paint, I paint, it's it's the mood, it's the mm. attitude. And that's why uh, very often the mood that is set for a piece of work is often set by the music I'm listening to. You know, rather than telling myself... It has to be done this way or it has to look like this. When I start thinking about it, yeah, that's when I'll overdo it mm. or I'll underdo it or it just it doesn't look right. And sure. because I paint so uh, viscerally or yeah. it's so intuitively, I try to keep it simple and say, don't think – is it done? Ask your, or you just say, are you happy with it? Sure. And when I'm happy with it, I've stopped. That's you know, awesome. And it, I try to, so it really is sort of a listening to my conscience yeah. and just sort of a sense of how am I feeling? And in the, the neat thing is, is because of that, some of the work I create, I've made some of my best paintings I've made in 10 minutes. Wow. Others have taken me days to make. Um, so it it really, again, and every painting's unique. That's the sure. wonderful thing sure. is that there, I, when, when people ask me about my process, yeah. I don't have a cookie cutter process. Sure, sure. You know, um, the method and how I would go about maybe how I went about making this one compared to that one, it's just completely different. Yeah. And that's, again, sort of driven by the mood. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes when I'm creating, even if I'm creating spontaneously, I feel like working slowly and calmly and mm. thoroughly. Other times, I am not in a good mood, and I just 
something needs to come out sure. and whatever happens happens. So after you're happy with it and after mm-hmm. you've gone through the process of making it, how do you come up with a name? Oh, the names. That's a good one. <laughs> same, same thing. I will go with what just feels right. And mm. it's funny because sometimes, more often than not, the name is in no way associated with the painting <laughs> whatsoever. Sure. It's not uncommon for the name to not even be a real word. Mm. It, it's just something that came to mind. It popped into my head and it's impulsive. Uh, You know, young kids will often just sort of, I don't know, like make up words that, (laughs) and they'll repeat them. And it it doesn't even have to be a word, but there's something about that sound that just, yeah, Yeah. is expressive to them. And the same thing comes out with, uh, you know, these paintings. It's like, now, like in this case, I called this one Leopard because I was, well, I was listening to Def Leopard at the time. Nice. And I was thinking about the hysteria, cover of the Hysteria album. And yeah. then I saw the, you know, the, I had used like a, um, a different type of, like a grate with spray paint to make those black squares. Yeah. And it just stuck with me. You know, I didn't say to myself, hmm, it looks like this, or I'm sort of getting this image. I was like, no, it's not in, it's not a thing. It's just what I went with and what I feel like. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it, again, is, is very much like the style. I try not to think too much about it. It's just something that kind of hits, it just sort of hits you in the gut and you go with it. Leopard's one of my older ones. It's an original mixed-media painting. It's one stretched canvas, and it's framed. Uh, most of my paintings, not all, but I love square canvas, so an, quite a few of my paintings are 20 by 20. Okay. Uh, so they're larger, Yeah. but they're not so big they can't be hung in like a... Uh, like an apartment yeah. or a house. And uh, I usually cover it in either like a like a gloss or a matte sealant and mm. it's signed. And even the even with my signatures, I sort of carry I take a rebellious attitude, which is when I sign, I always sign big. Yeah. And I use like a gold pen and it, you know, I was thinking of Uh, The story of John Hancock, and I think it's the Declaration of Independence where, you know, everybody was sitting there and signing their name on the the document in very small, appropriate lettering. And then John Hancock comes in and he writes it really big in massive lettering. And that same attitude, that sort of that unabashed, unapologetic attitude. Yeah. Even even through the signature comes at it, uh, you know, because I've I've met some traditional. Uh, there are some some very old school artists. They're like, oh, you gotta sign your name tiny, and it needs to be, <laughs> you know, it's you shouldn't do this or that. And it's sure. like, that that's not me. I have all respect, all the more respect for you, but that is not me. It's gonna be loud <laughs> and in your face. Oh, for sure. I want to talk about these colors. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about this composition. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and describe this for our viewers real quick. Sure. And then you can tell me how I did. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So this is Leopard. 
which is 20 by 20 and has a, a black wooden frame. So a black grid lines the outside of the, uh, of the canvas. And as you look toward the middle, the colors progressively get a little bit lighter until we have a white in the middle that is surrounded by a, a lime green, a almost neon yellow. You got it. <laughs> and um, then it has white paint splattered on it as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the splatters, I think I did that with a toothbrush. Very cool. So sometimes, you know, again, sort of going back to that non-traditional type of attitude. Um, but I like it because it it was the first time I used um, an old credit card to paint. And the uh, it was sort of a, an early exposure to learning to paint with non-traditional tools. Oh, very cool. You know, the idea that, yeah, I, I always thought, well, what do you paint with? You paint with a paint brush. Sure. Um, and I remember I snipped this credit card in half. It was just a an old card. And I thought to myself, hmm, what if I scrape this paint along the canvas? Almost like... You would like, you know, with a windshield wiper. Yeah. Uh, and I started to get these really interesting smears. Uh, and that's when I thought to myself, hmm, I'm getting completely different effects. That's awesome. Um, using these non-traditional tools. Totally. Uh, so, and then that was, I said to myself, you know what? Don't think about it. If you like it, just go with it. And that's exactly what I did. I asked you to, to pick a few pieces to bring in. Mm-hmm. What uh, what made you want to bring this one in to talk about today? Even though I, I, I do use so many different mediums and yeah. I've, I, you know, I will I draw with graphite. I will use digital uh, media. I think my favorite, uh, you know, painting style and medium is mixed media, primarily acrylic. Mm. And when I think of the these two paintings, th- when you think of punk metal and you think yeah. of my work, these two represent that really well. Mm. Everything from the... Uh, you know, the the bright color schemes sure. to the use of geometric shapes um, to... Uh, the non-traditional tools like you see on cheddar. Oh, yeah. That pattern, that's bubble wrap. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's you see the black cool. circles. That texture is through bubble wrap. I used um, masking tape to create the very huh. distinct shapes Yeah, uh, or the very crisp lines. I learned that when I was... Uh, just looking at, you know, graffiti art and sure. figuring out how some of these artists got their lines. Uh, and then this, the purple part, that blending, I got through sponges. And oh, cool. then I, I think for the swirl, I think I used like a ketchup bottle, like <laughs> an old squirt bottle or something yeah. like that with, uh, a, you know, a mixture of like acrylic paint and a type of like a glue yeah. to get this raised texture. So, oh, that's you so know, cool. when you think about, 
you know, everything about from the abstract nature to it, to the color scheme, to the tools I used, to the size of the canvas, that is yeah. my favorite and probably the most signature uh, look among all my works is, to, cool. you know, so when you think punk metal, that is, you know, really what you get. Totally. Totally. I want to talk a little bit more about cheddar right now. Mm -hmm. Would you mind uh, describing this piece for our viewers? Uh, so like the background layer, uh, the the top and the bottom show a jet black, uh, jet black rectangles. And then in the center, you've got uh, almost sort of like a macaroni yellow orange with some highlights. And then on top of that, you have a background rectangle that is popping out uh, because of the shadows. And it kind of looks like uh, it, like this bright, almost like this cosmic light uh, at the center. And then it goes from white to yellow to orange to red. And then the next layer, you have two purple rectangles uh, with a little bit of uh, a gradient progressing to white as you get closer to the center. And then you have a final bar, which has almost like a peanut butter, yellow, orange with some reds and purples, and then this swirl over the front of it. And you see that, the, that sort of that finishing move, so to speak, in a number, in a lot of my work. And it really adds uh, an energy and emotion to things. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it adds this this frenetic energy to the whole piece that's mm -hmm. just, it, it takes it to a whole nother level. That paired with with the the white swirls that are over top of the, the bubble yeah. wrap textures. The splashes. Yeah, yeah those, those are, man, that all works together so well. And that, that juxtaposition of, of white in the background with the jet black swirl that's over top of this, the, the rectangles. Mm-hmm. That's that's super cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, that's that's one of the ways I like to build depth. You know, I know. Mm. I think uh, another that's a reason I really like acrylic paint is because it dries so quickly. Yeah. And it allows me to build layers the way I do. Whereas mm. the, there's just there's no way, at least not that I'm aware of, that I could make a composition like this using oil paints or watercolors. It's going to sure. have to be acrylic. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, it's uh, if someone were to ask me what is it. I would tell them it's nothing. It's just a painting. Uh, and it's really, uh, I, in an awful lot of my work, it's, it's the effect is what makes the painting. Mm. It's either the depth or the brightness of the colors. Sure. Or in this case, um, one of my favorite color schemes is using purple with like a yellow orange and you get that nice compliment. Yeah. Uh, and it just, you look at it and say, well, I just, I like those colors. That's really cool. Um, and then you, that's it. You know, it's like, you yeah. like it, it's cool. You want it. So now yeah, go out and totally. buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of buying your work, mm -hmm. you have your work priced very affordably. Tell me a little bit about the, the decision to price your work that way. Uh, yeah, well, the sort of the, the slogan 
of my oh my website yeah. is you know it's, it's it's punk metal abstract is the site and it says quality art affordable cost and if for me I you know I I don't develop this I uh, sort of like an emotional attachment to a lot mm. of my work instead it's it's the just the process of making it that really I get joy out sure of. and. Uh, if for me, something that I love is the fact that I can price the work so that it's affordable to the masses. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you know, more often, most, uh, most of the population doesn't can can plop down you know they can't plop down a thousand bucks two thousand or more dollars sure on original artwork because even if they want to it's just it's very pricey whereas in my case so many of my buyers have said you know i've never purchased artwork before sure and because the prices are reasonable they can take it home with them and they yeah. can actually enjoy an original one-of-a-kind painting yeah and not just a print yeah. Yeah. And you have your, your payment structure so easily set up on your website. I mean, you have PayPal on there and, you know, you can add it to your cart and buy it right there. Pretty much. Yeah. It's set up just like Amazon. Yeah. You know, you a lot, you just do it right on your phone and totally. a couple clicks, you know, you go from there. I try to make uh, my website is as uh, easy to navigate as possible. Totally. You know, and since I've got so much work, I know that when people do look to buy, the first thing they're thinking about is how mm. big of a painting sure. do I want? And that's why as soon as you, you know, early, uh, just about as soon as you get onto my site, yeah. it'll have it broken down by, you know, sizes and dimensions. So you yeah. don't have to look through, you know, 250 paintings or sure. how much sure. is on there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy that you have it broken down by size because... It, it makes it so easy. And most people go in, and if they're looking for a piece to put in their house, mm -hmm. they generally have dimensions that would work in that space. Mm -hmm. And and having it available to to purchase broken up that way is, yeah. is perfect. And it ships too. That's the other yeah. nice thing is that I uh, uh, the shipping all all the shipping I do is through USPS. Okay, and they've been very 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 good. And with the shipping. Um, you know, shipping charges are automatically calculated, be, you know, based on uh, the same, pretty much the same way, again, Amazon sure. does it. Sure. So it's, uh, and you know, I, insurance is usually, it usually goes priority mail with okay. insurance. So if for some odd reason there is damage to the painting, you know, you can always get your, your money back. You just file a claim. Totally. Uh, and it, it makes it very easy. That's so awesome. it's been a it's a very streamlined, easy process. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed on your site when I when I was browsing through is that you have a button there that says you can get this framed. Mm -hmm. Now I know before we were say, when we were talking, um, you actually mentioned that you make the frames yourself. I do. Yeah. 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 I. Um, well, it's. One of the reasons I, I, I do that now is framing is extremely expensive. Yes. Uh, extremely, extremely expensive. And again, one of my goals is to be able to provide really high quality artwork 
without draining your bank account. Sure. Uh, sure. So I, I really uh, taught myself how to build float frames. Uh, so now I, I, I not only do I make all my own paintings, I will make the frame. Uh, like the float frame that is used to hang the painting, I also build the stretcher bars uh, oh, wow. from scratch, and yeah. I stretch the canvas myself. Oh my goodness! Uh, and very often with the canvas, what I use, I'll use canvas drop cloth. Okay, because it's it's canvas nonetheless. Yeah, and it works just as well. And then I will gesso it to prime it for holding the paint. Totally, and go from there. So yeah, I've gotten really creative with making everything from scratch, so yeah. I can cut down on the cost. That's uh, awesome. To make it that that feels so punk inspired too. I mean, even looking at someone like Jack White. And how mm-hmm. he would how he would pretty much make his guitars from scratch. I yeah. mean, he would take really cheap guitars mm-hmm. and then, you know, customize them to infinity. Yeah, it seems in in such a similar vein to Absolutely. to make every stage of the artwork from start to finish there. Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's something that I uh, I. You know, I started to do as I, you know, I'm always looking to do new sure, things and sure. to sort of take your art up a notch. And it's, uh, it's just, it's a fun part of the process. Yeah. You know, is making, you know, making the materials. And there's something about creating something from literally nothing. For sure. You know, that is a great feeling. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's like rather than buying a house, imagine if you built your house from the ground up. Yeah. You know, and you put in every nail, every screw, you did absolutely everything. For sure. There is a great sense of joy I would think you get yeah. with that. Yeah. Now, in addition to those frames, you said that you also make a lot of the tools that you use, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, a lot of things I'll use to build texture, like, Combs, yeah, and uh, what I can do is, you know, it, or combs or squeegees, I can just take thin layers of like plywood, yeah, and I can use my miter saw and cut the plywood at certain angles, uh, and then I can create chips in it. Whether I'm using chisels sure. or like a router to create these interesting raking-like patterns. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think the one that you purchased, Talisman, yeah. when you see that sort of like that streaking like or that rake like, that was created from a piece of plywood. Wow. So I just, all I did was I had this, um, it was just, it was actually junk plywood. Okay. And I just sliced it, made a slab of it, and then I used a chisel to chisel chip in these grooves. Oh, that's so cool. And then from there, I would scrape the paint off to get this interesting yeah. uh, sort of like effect and texture. Oh, that's amazing. That's- uh, so uh, it, again, it's maybe sort of one way, uh, uh, kind of an attitude I, I've, uh, you know, I, I've taken with me. Yeah. And I really developed this when I started looking at the work by John Michelle Basquiat. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, he, from what I understand, he didn't have any money at all. Oh, yeah. You know, before he was yeah. really discovered by Andy Warhol. So with not having any money, he had to work 
on a very limited budget. Yeah. And what's amazing is if you, now I tell myself when I make a painting, I don't let myself spend that much money. Mm. Uh, so it forces me to get creative with sure. the tools, the materials, and say, I'm going to use what I've got in front of me. Yeah, totally. You know, rather than, all right, I'm going to go to this store and this store and this store and this yeah. store. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing how when you do that, you not only do you – you get more creative and you open up new avenues. Oh, yeah. But you really start to emerge as a unique artist. And totally. you, because those are ideas that are unique to you. Yeah. Uh, and you would be amazed at the cool stuff you can make with, I'll say it up front, garbage. Yeah. Like there have been, I can let you know that there are. Uh, recently, there was a, a neighbor of mine, really nice guy. He had this, it looks like a bookshelf of some sort. And he was throwing it out um, because I, I think one of the sides, the, the board had been smashed or damaged. So it's like, I can't use it. I'm like, can I have it? <laughs> so he gave me this bookshelf. And believe it or not, I just used my saws and my tools. I deconstructed all the lumber, took out the screws, and I built my own easel. Oh, that's amazing. So I have this six-foot-tall easel, yeah. which looks very similar to what you know you might see in a professional art gallery. Sure. Normally would be priced, I don't know, around 300 bucks. I build it for free. Oh, my goodness. Out of a bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, and... You, it's amazing how when you create everything from scratch, you see those opportunities totally. there, you totally. know, and you say to yourself, hmm, you know, you, you hear that expression, trash to treasure or sure. one man's trash, another man's treasure. It really is true. Yeah. Um, I think another, you know, not necessarily related to art, but another example of how you can really turn trash into treasure is... Um, I had a couple of old mouse pads, you know, from work that I just wasn't going to use anymore. So I was going to throw them out and I got the idea. I thought, you know what, what if I cut these into circles? And I did. And sure enough, they make perfect coasters. (laughs) So, uh, you can take like a mouse pad and if you wanted to, you could spray paint it or you could add your own designs, just cut it in a circle and you've got a perfect coaster. Yeah, uh, and you those ideas come to you when you don't have the option to spend the money. Sure, because you get creative. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think the 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 creation I'm most proud of is I used PVC pipe to stretch my own canvas. Wow. So, uh, because I just thought to myself, I'm like, hmm, there was this old PVC pipe uh, lying next to the dumpster. And I was like, you know what? I bet if I use some glue and I cut the the pipe at the right angle, I bet I can turn this into a canvas. And lo and behold, (laughs) it worked. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, so, and then have fun. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I love... I love upcycling an art, and Basquiat did it 
to an extent that I really hadn't been familiar with before him Mm -hmm. um, using the sides and doors of fridges and windows Uh and dinner plates and football, like broken football helmets. It's just like, it's crazy. But when the right creative mind really starts to think about what they can do with a piece, the, the, you know, there's no limits where it can go. That's absolutely right. And I, I think something that's encouraging is I, I tell people who they might see my work and they like it. I tell them I really believe artists are created, sure. not born. You know, sure. I think just as even though mathematics is really what I spend a lot of time doing as my, my full-time job, mm-hmm. um, people sort of have this attitude of, well, they were born with a gift to create Mm. artwork or they were born with a gift to just do math and the truth is i didn't know anything when i first started like if you were to look at (laughs) my first painting they are not even close to what i'm doing now (laughs) and it really is a process and you grow so you know when people say oh well that's so cool that you can take, you know, this, these old pieces of junk and make this. And I just tell them, you can do that too. Yeah. It's just a matter of it's experience and you really have to learn to think outside the box and go with an idea that even if it seems crazy to the rest of the world, you try it. Totally. And and that's that's how you build that creative mind. You know, I, I think there's a famous piece of artwork. It was like a series of spoons. And what they did was they welded the spoons together to form a plate. Okay. And I remember their their I the idea was that they were promoting this concept of function and form, which mm. is when you see a spoon, you know, you think that's a tool you use to eat like yogurt or cereal. Sure. But who said that? Who says you have to use a spoon for that purpose? Yeah. Who says you can't use a spoon to paint with? Who says you sure. can't use a spoon to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. And you can take the same attitude when it comes to being creative, which is, you know, oh, that's an old credit card. Well, who says you can't use that to smear paint on a canvas to get the same effect as something else? Sure. So sort of learning to say, hey, it's this now, but I can use this to make that or to try this. Totally. That's, and then... Telling yourself, you know what? Even if it if I seem crazy, yeah, um, to someone else to do that, I'm gonna do it. I don't care what the rest of the world thinks. I'm gonna try that crazy idea. Totally. And and that's you know that I think sort of comes back to that rebellious attitude. Yeah. And I think in some ways, if you think about it, a lot of artists, I think they are rebellious. Yeah. And because to carry that creative mind and to sort of nurture that mind, you have to think outside the sure. box. You know, you have to, uh, and I can let you know a lot of the 
artists that I've met who are realists, they really struggle with abstract art for that reason because Mm. they're so used to sort of looking at and saying here's the image here's the process this is what i was taught in school and it has to be methodical so when they're given a blank canvas and they're told paint whatever you want but the but you can't look at a picture you got to paint from your mind they're just Stuck like they have no idea where to start or to begin. Yeah. Uh, So that out of box thinking and that going without the rules can be really tough for um, you know I think just people in general, but a lot of times artists too. Yeah. You know who have that classical training. Would uh, would you say that you are motivated when people say you shouldn't or can't do something? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and that's sort of where that uh, that teenage angsty sort of rebellious spirit comes in it's like you know you tell a 15 year old kid you're not allowed to do this he's gonna do that sure um (laughs) uh you know it's just kind of i hate being told what to do and i think in many ways another reason i love art and this painting style is it's one of the few places in my life as an adult where I can have complete control. Sure. And I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, yeah, and, and not ask any questions. And I can have all the creativity I want. And there, you know, if you think about it, you know, when you grow up and you become an adult, where else in your life do you have that amount sure. of freedom? Sure. And that's what's wonderful about it and so free. That's awesome. Well, Abraham, thank you so much for coming in today. I am beyond joyed that we we could talk about about your work. Thank you for having me. Before we end, where can people see your work? Where can people check you out? Uh, Well, definitely look at my website. It's www.punkmetalabstract.com. It's all one word. Uh, and, uh, I do have a Facebook page. It's not a business Facebook page, but it's a personal Facebook page. So you just look at Abraham Darlington. Um, I do have an Instagram. I'm not as active with that as I am Facebook. Sure. But it's just, uh, art, A-R-T underscore enthusiast 1986. Nice. Um, and you'll see I show up there. Uh, so that's what I've been doing as of now. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I would like to do more of these art festivals. I did do the Mayfair festival in May. Yeah. Um, I hope to do art in the park next year. And then, uh, I think there's a music fest, but if there's any more of these, you know, these arts festivals, absolutely let me know yeah. anyone out there because i'm always looking to get my work out there and to you know share my experiences and my art with uh, you know as many people as possible totally totally well everybody listening go check out check out the website uh everything is super affordably priced there's something for you there's something for a loved one it's uh always a good time to buy art well thank you so much for coming on Thanks for having me. And that was our conversation with Abraham Darlington. Abraham, thank you so much for coming in today. The opportunity for the week is the gallery at Steel Pixel Studios opening reception for their Digital Frontier and NFT exhibition. This exhibition features the work of Tyrone Webb, Michael Lebson, and the group All Rats. 
The opening reception will be January 12th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And the show will run from January 12th to February 25th. Hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, a Steel Pixel original series. Don't forget to like the podcast, leave us a review, and follow us on both social media and streaming services at Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast.